Welcome to Ask the Educator, a podcast brought to you by Healthmark Industries. Are you a sterile processing technician or manager? Maybe you work in infection prevention or biomedical engineering. Whether you're a frontline tech, endoscopy tech, OR nurse, or surgical services administrator, you undoubtedly have influence in medical device processing at your facility. In each episode, we speak with experts from the Healthmark Clinical Affairs team, industry leaders, or special guests from the trenches to answer your questions and bring you relevant industry information, equipping you for excellence in medical device processing. My name is Kevin Anderson, and I will be your host. Now let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Ask the Educator podcast. This is your host, Kevin Anderson. Fortunately, my co-host Adam Okada will not be able to join me on this one. However, we do have uh, with us our guest of honor, uh, Seth Hendy, who just wrapped up uh, the international webinar uh, that we've been doing each month. Uh, this one was on a topic that I really enjoyed. I know Adam really enjoyed it. He mentioned it, uh, but it's one that I think is very important. And uh, I think it was entitled, Where's the Why? Right, Seth? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And the why, why behind what it is we do in sterile processing. And I think it is such an important topic. And I was just curious, actually, because I didn't know uh, that you had this presentation ready or I'm sure we discussed it a long time ago and maybe I forgot. uh, But what was it exactly that inspired you to want to uh, discuss this important topic? Absolutely. So, uh, well, you've got the same experience I do, right? We're, We're out reviewing in in facilities now and i'll watch somebody do something and i'll say you know that's not right and they're like well you know well that's what i was told and then usually if given just a couple of minutes to say actually when this happens then this happens right that's the why they go oh my goodness like i never knew that what i was doing was having that much effect and so i started to think to myself we're missing why we do things we're being told do you know, keep doing it, keep repeating it, but a lot of times not told why. And frankly, if I don't know why, then shortcuts don't seem like that big a deal. Like I'll just skip a couple of steps and hurry up so that I can get to lunch. Right. I mean, you know, and that's the, and so it just struck me. I'm like, we're, we're missing this. People are not understanding. Yeah. It's uh, sad, but I think it's a very true an important point. And I think that it's one I, I feel that has to resonate with everybody because I like if you're not totally self-unaware, you should probably be able to see this in your own practice at some point in your career. I can, I mean, the ideas that were coming to my mind were just constant while you were talking, you know, and uh, one of them being, you know, I used to be a, a scrub nurse. I learned how to scrub as a nurse. So I didn't go to surgical technologist school. So I didn't learn a lot of things. Um, maybe the correct way I learned it by whoever the technician was training me, whatever their way was, you know, it wasn't necessarily regurgitated from a book, you know, on, on the exact principles and methods that you would use, which is fine. But at some point you got to learn those things. And so one of the things that I was really bad at was point of use care of the instruments. You know, I was more focused on learning my part of, you know, the the names of the instruments, when you needed them, how to put them together, all of the stuff in a very busy orthopedic room. Missed that why <laughs> and, and totally just trucked on through it and, and didn't give it a second thought until 
you know, started working in sterile processing. I got a little bit better before that because someone explained it all to me, but it took a long time, you know, and then I really bought in when I, when I started working sterile processing. So lots of things. This is really important. Yeah, yeah. it really is. It really is. Yeah. And and so I, I hope that there's a lot of listeners out there that, that could really think of those examples in their own career where the light bulb went off and, you know, it really inspired them to actually take action on a certain step or a certain protocol every single time. But you talked about how understanding why we do helps drive quality and improvement. You gave some examples of this during the webinar. And I think this was a really important uh, point of the webinar. So I wanted to give you the opportunity to share some of those examples. Absolutely. Um, I use, I'm telling you the, uh, I suppose the the thought of this pro the, this program started maybe a decade ago. One of the first it's not the first question in the webinar, but one of the first questions that I ever was asked where I thought this person doesn't understand why we do things was, "Hey Seth, what disinfectant do we use in the hand wash sink?" And I was like, "Wait, uh, that's not a disinfectant, you know." And, and all of a sudden you could see them go, well, wait, so that, you know, and, and as soon as that little piece of knowledge came in, they understood what that meant for the next process and the next one and the next one. And I was like, see, there it is. Now, if you knew that the whole time, you'd slow down, you'd check those instruments closer, you'd wear gloves and assembly there, you know, I mean, that's, that's a thing that we see sometimes and ask like, Hey, why do some people wear gloves? You know what I want to hear? Oh, they're working on the hand wash stuff. Hand wash stuff doesn't get thermal disinfection. So it's a level of safety. Yes, that's exactly what it is. It's it's those kind of things. And that person, like I said, when they tend to slow down, give more, give more uh, attention to inspections and, and further processes, it can't help but add quality, right? It's just bringing up the level of what we're producing because you're taking the time to make sure it's quality, not assuming that some other process took care of it. Some other thing must have kept this, you know. No, it's it's what you're doing, and you have to understand your part in it to know where that quality comes from. It really does. I, I agree 100% with that, uh, with having an understanding of why driving quality. I, you know, one of the things that came to my mind um, with that in particular is, is insulation testing. When I took over as a, as a manager of sterile processing, I had no idea or understanding of, of uh, insulation testing. I was taught about it from a, a, a rep a local representative for a company. And um, from that day, it was like, we were buying those things. We were training on those things and everybody was going to do it every single time. And I know that that had a, a huge impact on quality and safety in the operating room. You know, it's hard because you can never sort of isolate any one factor when it comes to safe surgery but i do know our ssi rates went down i do know certain things went down and i know that we were at least a factor in that you know absolutely yeah it's an it's an interesting concept you know to to drive this whole idea home about why we do what we do it's 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 hard you know to know everything and to be the expert in everything yep at some point you have to take the time 
and the initiative to learn these things. And I think you touched on something that was really important, you know, uh, about where people can get this information uh, about why we do what we do, because it comes from different sources sometimes. So I wanted to give you the opportunity to share some of the examples of, you know, where someone might find some of the rationales or the whys behind what we do. Absolutely. Uh, listen, there. so there's going to be good and trusted sources like you find in a lot of other things, you know. Um, so if there's if there's um, if you know anything about Amy or AORN or, you know, SGNA, multi-society for endoscopes, those are based in in science. Now, interestingly enough, sometimes there's conflicting science, which makes it a little weird. Uh, sometimes processes are new or newer, and they say, "Well, I don't have enough science." There's, you know, there's a few things that can that can shift that around, but that's what it should be based on. Most uh, magazines, uh, especially industry magazines, are going to do their best to make that work. Now, if they're peer reviewed. Absolutely. Right. If you're reading a fellowship paper, uh, you know, in Process Magazine, that's a peer reviewed article. And that means it held up to some scientific rigor. But even if you're not having one of the peer reviewed ones, those publications pride themselves and do a good job on saying, hey, we're not going to put out bad information. This, this has to be pertinent and it has to, to, to give people uh, advice to go in the right direction. I will say most of the same thing about industry podcasts, your podcast, Beyond Clean, they're trying to put it out there in a, in a shorter, little more digestible way, but still good to use information. But then, like I said, oh, I love some of the blogs. I love to actually look at some of the interaction that goes back and forth. But I've seen some LinkedIn posts that you shouldn't write that advice into your policy because yeah. it's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so there becomes the tough part. Um, and I think mostly if you look, you find vetted sources. You'll be able to look at something and go, yeah, I think, you know, like I really think that this comes from a place that, that I can believe in. And, uh, you know, I read a lot of comments for things. That's how I try to vet social media. I'm like, well, let's see. And if you start seeing five or six comments where they're like, well, that's not exactly true, or you omitted a key part of this, that's, that's when you should go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take this post with a grain of salt because, you know, might not be best practice. Yeah, that's a great point. There's a lot of information, both good and sometimes poor, uh, shared on social media. And that's just something just to be aware of. But I think another, you know, source that you had mentioned was both in Amy and AORN, uh, they will give rationales uh, for why they have a standard in place. And AORN may be a little bit, there might even be a little more specificity involved in terms of, is this a recommendation? Is it a conditional recommendation or whatever? They have different levels, just like Amy does in terms of terminology. And basically, it's be, the different levels of recommendation coincide with the levels of evidence involved. And it cites all of the evidence there. So yep. it's one of those things that I think that people really need to realize because I know there's a lot of detractors out there when it comes to industry standards and guidelines. People don't understand why they got to change or sometimes they think that it's just people's opinions and and whatever. And that's that's OK. But I would just submit to them that 
you know, there is actual evidence for a lot of the things that are talked about in industry standards and guidelines. You just have to know where to find them yep. and know what they ex- what exactly they're saying. Be willing to go look. Yeah. Because it's not always easy either. So yeah, you've got to commit to it. Yes. Commit to it. Yeah, that's right. And so I think that that's a, a really good component to share with with people. And I, I'm glad that you touched on that in the webinar. One thing that I was curious about, just from your own personal career, you know, what was it, you know, maybe there isn't just one, like I was brainstorming, I thought of all kinds of different ideas. Um, but, you know, one specific moment that you could share that really stands out to you in your career uh, that helped you realize why you were doing something that you didn't really understand before and it really kind of drove it home for you it was the first time i actually went up to the or to to answer a question i wish i could say that that was under better circumstances you don't generally get called up to the or to ask a question uh, or well you don't get called up to the or for a hey how you doing right love the work you're producing <laughs> yeah. right it usually doesn't go that way um it was silly and now here's the part. I sort of took the the brunt of it a little bit, uh, but but this we put a set together for a particular uh, for a particular case, and it wasn't a lap case, but it worked. It worked with trocars, and it had ceiling caps. Okay, you know, there's a million ceiling caps there, you know, and so there there's there's certain diameters, and then those diameters have different size holes on the inside. And we were looking at this catalog, putting this set together, me and the the care coordinator in the OR that was her title she was she helped us put these things together so that we can make our count sheet and, and get our order and we're looking at a list that must have been 15 18 product you know um numbers long about ceiling caps and she's like oh yeah yeah i think we need a couple of the five millimeter with a five millimeter hole we need a couple with the 10 long story short i go up to the OR to a very, very angry surgeon who's actually waving around an instrument a little bit. And he says, look at how loose this is. You do not have the right cap on here. I'm losing gas. This is dramatically affecting this procedure. And I know that that may seem simple or maybe I should have realized it before, but honestly, I didn't. A lot of these things were just instruments. It's just another instrument. This one happens to be made out of silicone sure. and it's red instead of stainless steel with ratchets, but you know, instrument, you know, and he was like, no, nah. like down to the millimeter, this makes a difference in how I do my job. And I was like, we need to have a level of specificity and a level of understanding that we don't always get. Cause I was like, it's a ceiling cap. Yeah. So I don't know if it's too big, like put the 10 millimeter inch, you know, just, and that's wrong. That was completely wrong. And I was like, all right, lots to learn. And I was several years in, by the way, that was, that was not year one. It was probably more like year six, you know, where I was like, oh, I thought I knew. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about that. That's a great example. Obviously the main point, which is understanding why it's, you know, why we're we're putting all these items in the sets and why we match them up correctly and have correct count sheets and all that stuff. But, but also why is it important to get some experience in the operating room? Yes, sir. You know, as a sterile processing technician and, and vice versa, you know, for OR staff to come and visit what we're doing in sterile processing. And, and another thing that I think says a lot about you being able to go in there under that circumstance and, you know, be under stress, 
not get defensive and actually learn something from it and not walk away just being ticked off at the doctor. Like, you know, that could have very easily went a totally different way. And uh, you could have walked away with bitterness and not learned anything. So I think it's really important that people, especially if they're aspiring to leadership positions, which uh, you touched on this in the webinar as well. You know, if you're aspiring to be in leadership of some sort, you better start learning the whys behind all these different practices we're doing. Uh, What a great point that was. But um, but yeah, it's 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 all of those things like all of those things together, you know, like the doctor actually taking the time to explain that to you, even though he was upset, that was a big step, you know, find those surgeons that are collaborators that will teach. And even if they're, you know, in the heat of the moment, kind of upset, you know, get as much out of that as you can. Shout out to my first mentor. Yeah. His name was Dennis Moore. Okay. I watched him go through sort of the same scenario. Yeah. Um, get get dressed down in the beginning. And by the way, that happened when I first walked in the room. He wanted yeah. to know that things were not right. They were well, you know. Yeah. And then yeah. when I remember Dennis saying, I, I want to fix this for you. So how do we fix it? Right. Mm. And so that's what I said. Well, okay. I'm sorry. I, you know, there was a lot of, of part numbers. We were, you know, and so he starts to explain, well, no, I need this. I'm not getting inflation in the belly. I, you know, And then, ta-da, so by the end, right, it was almost a collaboration. That's awesome. If I hadn't goofed up in the beginning, you know, but it it got close. (laughs) It got close. Well, it sounds like a great mentor, and I I appreciate the shout-out. Hopefully, he's listening. I don't know if he is, but... That being said, I I wanted to wrap this episode up, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to share one, at least one practical tip that you would recommend to our listeners uh, to embed that why into their practice that's so important. Uh, understand it yourself. You and I both do this because we, we place, uh, uh, correctness, right? We place an integrity in our answers above a lot of other things. Okay. So I have seen people give the wrong answer because they didn't want to say, I don't know. They thought it made them look bad if they said they don't know. Uh, and neither of those things are true. If you would like me to believe that you have integrity, I I actually believe that more when you say, I don't know, but I will find the answer versus just making something up. Um, And I have to tell you, it's, it's a little bit rampant. You know, there, I've seen it within the department. I've seen it from external sales reps who are supposed to be that, you know, not everybody has quite the robust education department we do. So they really rely on their sales reps to do that. Some of them think, well, I'm supposed to be the one with the answer. And so I I can't say I don't know. I'll die. think that it's this way. No. So the, you know, so the one piece of advice, if you're, if you're going to be able to give the why, you have to understand it yourself. So don't, don't ever fake that. If you don't know why, find out, and then you can impart the why down the road. But to just say, yeah, I think it's this, or I was told it was that, those are really short-sighted answers, if you ask me. They don't, they don't get to the real question, and they don't give the real why, or they might not. If you, if you were given the wrong answer, or if you're not sure, you may miss that why altogether. 
I, I think that's great advice. You know, like it's like if someone asks you a question and the first thing that comes to mind is like, oh, John told me 10 years ago when I was training, you know, if that's your answer, it's like, well, maybe I need to do a little more investigation. on this one. Yeah, I'll just make sure that John was right. I mean, that just seems like a bit of integrity, right? It's just to, you know, maybe we throw a double check on John and see what happens. Yeah. And by the way, we're not talking about John Whalen because no, no, no. he, he does knows, actually know everything. He knows everything. Yeah, yeah you got yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, I thank you, Seth. Thank you for the webinar. Thank you for the podcast. Um, for those of you listening that didn't get a chance to uh, join the webinar this afternoon, I highly recommend it. It's such an important one, understanding uh, the why behind what we're doing. Check it out at hmark.com under the education tab. You can check out the webinars, view past webinars. It's on there and there's all kinds of them there. So like if you need CEs, which I do right now uh, for the end of this uh, this month. So uh, it's a good time to go on there and check out all these webinars. Uh, but again, thanks, Seth. And uh, thanks to our listeners. Um, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, everybody. All opinions expressed on this show are those of the presenters. Before using any medical device, it is important to review the device manufacturer's instructions for use.